When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The score looked the exact same as it always looks with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the vibes are different, man. I'm in here this morning. Positivity is what I'm feeling when it comes with the Steelers offense. And really, that's the first time all year I've felt genuine positivity about their performance. You only scored 16 points, but 421 yards, Mm. over 400 yards of total offense for the first time since week two in 2020. Mm. When you did it against the Denver Broncos at then called Heinz Field. So... Ben Roethlisberger was the last quarterback slinging it when you went over that threshold. Feels good to finally get that chip off your shoulder. Now the next step is converting some of this offense, converting some of that yardage into actual points. But I am not going to sit here today in the wake of a big win over the Bengals where the offense went over 400 yards and be all, they only scored 16 points. Mm -hmm. Still not enough points. Points will come, I think. If the offense produces yardage and moves the ball and converts third downs like it did against the Bengals consistently, points will come eventually, and sooner rather than later. This offense had a lot that it needed to fix. It had a lot of improvement to do. It was not going to be a one-week wave the magic wand and it's fixed kind of scenario. This was a great first step, but it still needs to continue to take more steps forward to really become that complete package But you can't help but feel a little bit optimistic now moving forward that the offense did show some life, and maybe it can score 25, 30 points in a football game, and maybe it can be a reason why you win football games and not just trying to be the reason that you don't lose the football game. I don't think it is going to be that reason anymore, Tom. I mean, yeah, you only came away with 16 points, but we know the kind of football this team likes to play, and if... They're able to score more points than they were able to under Matt Canada, then that should lead to winning football. And let's be honest, Tom, the the remaining schedule is pretty favorable for this team. I mean, they're not going up against uh, the Kansas Cities and Miamis and the Philadelphia Eagles of the world. They're going up against a two-win Cardinals team, a two-win Patriots team, a, a Bengals team one more time that still won't have uh, Joe Burrow at the helm. So... It's not going to take a lot to beat some of those teams down the stretch, and you already have seven wins. There's a very clear path to the playoffs for this team. It's just can the can the football they're playing now continue to improve enough to the extent that when you make it to the playoffs, you can beat some of those more high-powering offenses? For the first time this year, it showed signs of life offensively, even if it didn't translate to mm-hmm. the points on the For scoreboard. Sure. You saw the middle of the field being utilized. You saw a quarterback, despite not getting into the end zone at all, via the ground or via his arm, 
was incredibly efficient, threw for a lot of yardage for an NFL, a respectable amount of yardage, 278 for an NFL quarterback. Everything about it just gave you a, a, a sense of this is so much better than what we have seen. Now, mm-hmm. it still wasn't great, but it's just so much better from the point that they were at originally. And you're right, you set yourself up now where the really good chance to make the playoffs. We said, you know, before the Deshaun Burrow injury happened, you get into that Ohio game, that Ohio stretch with a record of six and three. If you just split that that series in Ohio, you're gonna be sitting pretty well. And they did that. Now we wanted them to sweep it because of the circumstances mm-hmm. that it revealed right. themselves and they probably could have swept it. But they split their seven and four. Two very favorable home games coming up. We think 10 wins gets you in in this AFC playoff race. That means if you win those two home games coming up, you need to squeak out a win against the Colts or the Bengals or the Ravens or the Seahawks to get your 10th win and get into the playoff picture. So uh, I think ESPN I saw has them as a 73% chance of making it to the playoffs this year, uh, the highest percent chance of any team in the wild card spot currently in the standings. They have done a good job this year of kind of staying ahead of the chains, if you will, Mm -hmm. when it comes to their record and when it comes to the playoff race. So many times in the past few years, it's been a a mad dash to try to get in. And, well, if Kansas City misses a field goal here and and Minnesota gets a safety in this game and Miami is able to hold off the the Dolphins or the Jets, then you know what I mean? Then they get in with all these other things happening. This year, it's setting up to be... You could improve your seeding. You could potentially win the division in that last game of the year. And if you get some help down the stretch, but you're in the driver's seat as far as making the playoffs just in general is concerned. There shouldn't be any mad dash panic. You have to win three straight games down the stretch or else you're out of luck. They have put themselves in such a favorable position as they head into now this final stretch in December. Oh, absolutely. And and they kind of did just enough in the, in the first half or, or in that and that tougher part of the season where they were going up against tougher opponents. They got a win against Baltimore when they were the lesser team. Uh, they took advantage of Baltimore's mistakes. They got through the Jacksonville game, could have come away in that game with a win, didn't, but still managed to get to 6-3. and three. And, Tom, we you talked about the Ohio uh, State road trip uh, in back-to-back weeks. Think how much changed during that time that they were going up against the Bengals and the Browns. The Browns lose their quarterback for the season. The Bengals lose their quarterback for the season. And the Steelers make a a, a midseason coaching move for the first time since World War II. A lot changed in that period. And a lot of people going into that weekend thought, or into those back-to-back weeks, thought the Steelers could easily go 0-2 and fall to 6-5 and and really have to make every win down the stretch a must-win if they really want to make it to the playoffs uh, if they can only win six of their first 11 games of the season. But given the circumstances, you almost beat Cleveland. You don't, and the result is you fire Matt Canada, and then you come back the next week. You put up 400 yards of offense for the first time in three seasons, in over three seasons, and you come away with a one-on-one split. You're leaving Ohio at 7-4. and four. And like I said, Tom, there are a lot of wins that can line up for this for this team to get them into the playoffs. My worry is, though, and despite the 400 yards of offense uh, for the first time uh, without Matt Canada, even though it only resulted in 16 points, my worry is that maybe, sure, they can move the ball, but 
some teams are are going to be able to allow the Steelers to bend them but not break them, and that might be too much to overcome against a team like Kansas City or a team like Jacksonville, the top two, te- or a team like Baltimore, the top three teams in the uh, conference right now. As far as discernible differences between the offense now that it's Faulkner and Sullivan's offense as opposed to Matt Canada, I don't know if there was anything crazy different. One did stand out, though, and that was the usage of Pat Fryermuth, usage of the middle of the field. I hesitate to say usage of the middle of the field, though, because the middle of the field, there were routes being run into the middle of the field with Matt Canada. The quarterback and just, Kenny just wasn't at it. throwing at him. Maybe Sullivan and Faulkner did what you know Matt Williamson's been saying for weeks. You know, when a quarterback is adverse to doing something, make it that that's his only option, where he can't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, Kenny keeps throwing to the checkdown. Well, Jalen Warren's not going to go out for a pass this time, Kenny. He's going to stay in and block. You can't throw to the checkdown. We're not giving you a checkdown on this play. You make a play, push the ball downfield. You know, maybe they made it so he had to push the, push the ball in the middle of the field. They do it very first play of the game. Frymuth for a big chunk gain right away gives your quarterback confidence to throw at that area of the field and gets a tight end going that has been in desperate need mm-hmm. of having to get going and you know I couldn't believe it was his first career 100 yard game me too because he has the potential to have such mm-hmm. those kind of games more often than not but that to me was the real big difference that was noticeable is their usage of number 88. Yes, and I, I honestly think one of the biggest critiques I had of Canada was when it had to do with his usage of number 88 and trying to make him more of a blocking tight end, use him in the running game more. And it's just not the type of player that Pat Fryermuth is. He's like a big slot wide receiver. And that's kind of the more. That's kind of more of how they used him this week with Sullivan and Faulkner. Now, they said post game, Kenny, this wasn't about, you know, new play caller, new offensive coordinator, let's get Pat involved. This was matchup oriented. The Bengals, you know, the middle of the field was very weak for the Bengals. This was a big Pat day as far as the matchup was concerned. I think it's a little bit of column A and column B there. Hmm. I think the matchup was favorable against the Bengals, but this ain't the first team you played all year where you could have attacked them vertically over the middle with your tight end, who has a ton of potential. So I, I think Canada was a little adverse to use Fryermuth in the passing game, a little adverse to using Fryermuth, quite frankly, the way that Fryermuth is designed to be used. I also think that it was a great matchup to use Fryermuth and have him break out against the Bengals, but you got to have the coordinators willing to go there and that, to me, is is the clear-cut difference between the offense of Canada and Faulkner and Sullivan's regime. It's the same, you know, place. It's the same kind of scheme, I would say. Okay. But the sequencing is different. The play Definitely. when you call the plays is different, and the utilization of eighty-eight is is clearly different. And welcome. Oh, of course, it's welcome. I mean, the guy. I don't know what he had beforehand on the season in total, but he surpassed that all in one game in Cincinnati. I mean, again, it's hard for me to believe that he had never eclipsed that 100-yard mark, especially with Ben Roethlisberger being his quarterback in Pat's rookie year. I would have guessed going from Heath Miller to Pat Fryermuth would have been enough of a connection for him to eclipse 100 yards, and I'm sure he came close a lot of times, but... For him to finally get over that mark, it just seemed there were so many significant moments to this offense on Sunday in Cincinnati that just felt like I don't want to make too much of Eddie Faulkner and, and Mike Sullivan and, and and how different of a of a breath of fresh air that is compared to Matt Canada, but 
there are a lot of examples that prove just how different this offense can be uh, with proper leadership. And Pat Fryermuth is a great example. Najee Harris is another example. I mean, for so many weeks now, we've been saying, feed the hot hand, give it to Jalen Warren, give it to Jalen Warren. And you saw a lot of the time where Jalen Warren, for example, last week, in, or I guess now two weeks ago in Cleveland, despite having that 75-yard touchdown, uh, to open up the second half, only had nine carries on the day. After that carry, after that touchdown, he only had five carries for the rest of the game. The entire second half, it was just kind of malpractice to not give the guy who's hot the, the football over and over. And when Jalen Warren seemed to be not hitting the holes as effectively as he had in the past, it was Najee Harris. And Najee Harris was the lead back. I, I know he's always going to be the lead back on the team, or at least has been since he's He's joined the team three years ago, but to just stick with Najee Harris, right? It just seemed like he was the guy working and talk about it, getting over a hundred yards. If it weren't for that last drive where the Steelers were burning the clock and just kind of running the ball in order to burn that clock, Najee would have finished with a hundred yards. He just got tackled behind the line of scrimmage a couple of times. I know. I it stung so much to see that. Right, more. right. You he had to, to say the that stat graphic popped up over a hundred yards, mm-hmm. and then it and then it went away, and then yeah. he finished with ninety nine yards. To, that's what I'm trying to say, Tom. About sure, you you don't want to say that that Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan are the the new the 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 um just the absolute heroes of this team and can can revitalize revitalize this team so much so that there's no offense that can keep up with this offense. But the significance of hitting 400 yards as a team, Pat Fryermuth eclipsing 100 yards, Najee Harris eclipsing 100 yards, uh, Kenny Pickett no, uh, once again not throwing an interception. It just seemed like everything was kind of working uh, to this offense's favor. And the fact that they only came away with 16 points shows just how much more potential there is for this team on offense. Tons of potential still to tap into. Red zone offense, I think, is another big step that they're going to have I mean, to how about forward. the fact... It was their first red zone turnover all season. I know with the Warren fumble. Sorry, yeah, the there's Warren fumble. Gonna, there's going to have to be a lot better in the red zone, and that that's what translates the yardage into points and mm-hmm. makes a 16-point performance with 421 yards into a 26-point performance with 421 yards. Uh, Pat Fryermuth has played in six games this year. In four of those six games, he has failed to get over seven yards receiving. He had three yards in one game, there three yards go. in one Seven and two others. He had so forty-one against when I was, the Raiders, and then he had his out. He had his outburst of one hundred and twenty last week. When I was unsure last about week. did he eclipse his season total of receiving yards in this game, the answer is yes. Oh yeah, by a healthy, healthy, <laughs> healthy margin, by almost double, honestly. And this um, is what we were so frustrated by is because we saw how good and and how effective Pat Fryermuth and how useful Pat Fryermuth can be for this offense in his first two seasons, and. To see him just go completely ghost mode, and not to his fault. I'm not blaming him at all. Sure, he had to deal with the hamstring injury, and then, of course, when he was ready to come back off the IR, he re-aggravated it. But just, you can just see how 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 much star power there is beyond just a Najee Harris and a George Pickens on this offense. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Now, you mentioned Pat Fryermuth, or, or excuse me, you mentioned Najee a little bit when we were discussing Pat Fryermuth. He, what an, another phenomenal game from him. He's really had a lot of good games down the past couple of, of weeks here. Mm-hmm. Just saw this on Twitter. It's It's very upsetting. He did not. Win angry runs this week. Really, on NFL Network. I don't. I can't who see did? who the winner is. Oh, but the comments just keep. I see Kyle tweeted out angry runs now, and the replies are all Najee Rob, Najee Rob, Najee. Wow. Rob. And I see the clip in the replies of the play that should have won angry runs. He is in the middle of a pile for six yards. <laughs> then he bursts through the pile right. and gets another ten yards on top of that. Right. Uh, that is the definition of angry. Maybe there's a little bit of Steeler fatigue going on there because Jalen Warren did win angry runs just last week. I don't know if he wants to go back-to-back Steelers, but just, you know, using that as an example, Steelers Mm -hmm. Nation, like Warren wins it last week, Najee should have won it this week. Like, you have a duo now that is established around the league as a a top-notch running back tandem. And we were really high on Warren past couple of weeks, obviously, because he he had the big 100-yard performance last week where Najee was kind of not doing much. They both had a a massive impact on the game just the week prior against the Packers. Both of them were running all over the field. But Warren was kind of getting the flowers more than Najee. Najee, down the stretch now that he hasn't had the wheels run off him, that he hasn't been hit behind the line of scrimmage a thousand times already to this point and mm-hmm. have to break six tackles right. just to get five yards. A fresh Najee in December, January mm. is a new Najee to Steelers Nation. And if what we saw against the Bengals is indicative to what a 15-16 carry per game Najee Harris is going to look like, that's going to be one of the better and more effective running backs in the NFL. They're both deserving of a 50-50 split right now in carries. Definitely. But when you see the game that Najee put out against the Bengals and then you also see the game that Warren put out against the Packers, the one against the Bengals just looks a little bit better. than Because Najee just is a more complete back than Jalen Warren. He's a better overall running back than Warren. And I think that kind of got lost in translation a little bit this year. And, And in a weird way, Steelers Nation underrated Najee Harris and kind of had him in the doghouse where I think he has been just perfectly fine this year, if not trending towards marvelous in the past couple of weeks. I mean, Tom, he has seven yards of 20 yards. He has seven carries of 20 yards or more that in this season. That leads the league. Mm-hmm. That is the most in the NFL. And that's the knock on him, right? That, that he, he can't. He was supposed to be right. a four-yard, five-yard, uh-huh. grinded-out type of running back, mm-hmm. not the big chunk play player. Seven carries of 20-plus yards or more. I mean, that's phenomenal for him. And again, leading the league in, in that category. And Jalen Warren is not far behind either. Jalen Warren obviously has his share of explosive plays. He has four runs of 20 yards or more. That's really what the difference has been in this running game now that has come alive is the, the explosion. Is there. Don, Both the guys have chunks. over 500 yards on the season. And Najee just two yards shy of 600. I'm looking at the yards per carry. 4.2 for Najee on the season. Let's keep it there, baby. Yeah. Finally, get over 4.0 yards per carry. Because he's at 3.8 and 3.9 in the mm-hmm. past couple of years. He's been right there. Really looking forward to seeing him getting that. And, you know, we talked about with Warren, people pounding the table. Warren needs to start and play more. We always were like, well, maybe less is more with Jalen Warren. Maybe less is more with Naj too. Mm-hmm. Naj kind of always was this prototypical. You pick him in the first round. You give him 30 carries a game mm-hmm. if you have to. He's you work a total him to death, bell cow right? running back, a Derrick Henry type. 
Maybe he just isn't. Maybe he's more effective when he has 16, 17 carries a game and he's splitting the load with someone like Jalen. Certainly looks that way so far. And I'm certainly happy that that duo has presented itself as really the driving force to this offense. I mean, Kenny was good. We're going to get to Kenny in a second. Probably his best performance of the season, I'd say, despite not throwing for a touchdown pass. Mm -hmm. But the running game has been what has really carried this team. Absolutely. In the past couple games with Canada that the offense has looked kind of better. And then finally looking like a legitimate NFL offense. It was all built off of that running attack. Again, this is a team that was ranked near the bottom of the league in rushing yards per game and now they're towards the middle of the pack, right? They're they're about the they're fifteenth in the league right now, which as you said, top half, but I don't know what the average is per game over the last four games. I'm sure the Steelers are top five because they've gone over hundred and fifty yards in each of the last four games. Now okay. I, I don't know the last time this did this team did that. Averaged a hundred or, or went for hundred and fifty yards on the ground in four consecutive games. It's a it's it's honestly a a sight for sore eyes because this is what's the Steelers football and, and more importantly than the cliche this is Steelers football. This is what they said they wanted to look like at the beginning right. of the season. This was their goal. Goal mm-hmm. was to be a run oriented offense that allowed the passing game to build off of the run. And that part also played out big time. Yeah, and and just the le- the season leader right now is Baltimore with 158 yards per game. The Steelers in that stretch of these last four games are averaging more than that because 156 was their basement in these last four games. So to give you an idea, they're running the football right now as good as any other team in the league. No question, and that's what happened down the stretch last year. Not mm-hmm. as effective as this, but right, certainly what happened not. last year. And look, it translated to all these wins. Hopefully it looks even better this year. But as I was saying, you know, you hope the passing game can build off of the running mm-hmm. game. It did that on Sunday. Yeah. First play of the game being that pass down the middle uh, of the field. Loved it. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted. Definitely. I wanted a shot. I wanted maybe a deep ball. But I'd take over the middle to Pat Frymouth. The quarterback needed to get that confidence throwing into the middle of the field. And you got that for him right away. 24 for 33. A 72% completion percentage. It's right up there towards the elites in the NFL. Right. 278 yards passing, that's respectable. I look at that number and I'm not like, he he, he was just dumping the ball off every Mm -hmm. single time. 8.4 yards uh, per catch for Kenny. He had two sacks. He had one sack where he really did the spin move thing and got himself into that. Might take a little bit of time for him to get that spin move out of his system. But let's hope it doesn't take that long. A QBR of 65.5, a rating of 97.8. PFF rated him the third best quarterback of week 12 in the NFL. And the distribution of targets, too, I, I like for your top three. 11 for Firemuth is amazing. Just a total target monster. Eight for Deontay. And then five for Pickens is a little bit low. You'd like to see that maybe up a little bit. But 11, eight, and five between your big three uh, in the passing game. Mm-hmm. I love seeing that kind of distribution. And I love, you know, the fact that he was willing to push the ball down the field to these guys. Um, to give these guys opportunities to make plays. And, and all three of them did. Deontay and George had big catches down the field. Uh, Pat Fryermuth obviously just was a monster, a nightmare for the Bengals' defense to have to deal with all day yep. long. So I love the distribution of targets. I love seeing the passing chart where there's a lot of green dots in the middle of that field. 
It could have looked a lot better if the Deontay Johnson touchdown stood. Mm-hmm. If they challenged it, and probably would have been overturned. Or, yes. I mean, the simple way to do it is to not drop the football. Absolutely, the the <laughs> of, course. Uh, of course. But I have to. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying that. You know, this is all sunshine and rainbows now, and your quarterback's back, and you got the franchise guy again. But I'm very encouraged to see the the quarterback. And Kenny look kind of like he's supposed to look or, or look like he had looked in the mm-hmm. past or showed the potential to look as opposed to the shell of himself that we saw against Cleveland just two Sundays ago. Yeah, I'd love to see it too. I mean, this is what you saw last year, Tom, and that's what made the beginning of this season so frustrating, especially these last couple of games. Uh, the graphic popped up a couple of times, uh, and it continues to be true. He now has two touchdown passes in his last, what, eight games, I think. Mm-hmm. He's he's doing a better job of being smart with the ball. As you said, 72% completion percentage. That's obviously something you love to see. However, you got to find a way. to. You, you can't just, even though you're having a great job, you're doing a great job running the football, you can't get by with your quarterback not getting the ball into the end zone on his own efforts. Yeah, and that's part of, again, you know, with the offense, the points have to come. With Kenny, now the next performance has to show up on the box score with some touchdowns. The Deontay thing, though, great pass. Should have been caught. That should have been his big touchdown. I'm just surprised that there's there was no effort on the Steelers' sideline or in the Steelers' booth to get that call challenged. You know, I always look at those plays and automatically assume they're incomplete. But the three feet down thing that yeah. a lot of people astutely bring up, you know, makes a lot of sense. And it definitely is a differentiator between plays like Calvin Johnson's famous play mm-hmm. or Des Bryant's famous play because they didn't have three feet down when no, they right. lost control right. of the ball hitting the ground. So that definitely puts it into a different light. Look, I know Tomlin doesn't have the best track record with challenges, but when you're in the first half, and worst case scenario, you lose a first half timeout that you get back anyway at halftime. You can be a little flag happy if you're Tomlin, and, and even if it looks like you didn't get a clean enough look or you didn't have enough angles, throw that flag. Take a right. risk. Follow your gut. What's the worst that happens, Mike? You lose another challenge. <laughs> You've done that so many times in the past mm-hmm. couple of years. You you can't get criticized much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, people would have vindicated you even if they didn't overturn it because it was a touchdown. But I, it's hard for me to even get to that point of the criticism, which is fair criticism, because I just wanted Deontay to hold on to the damn football. Of course. And yeah. I know your response would be, or his response to me would be, I did hold on to the football by the Enough. rules. Yeah, that is right. a touchdown. You're right, Deontay. That is a touchdown by the rules. Do we really want to keep, do we really leave things in the referee's yeah, right. hands? Uh, the referees suck. Catch the ball, Clearly. finish the catch, and it's a touchdown no matter what they say. Yeah, clearly this has been... A bad season for NFL refs around the league. And Steelers fans have seen it front and center in their games specifically. I don't know what to do or what to say about Deontay's catch. By rule, like you said, he came down with it. It it should have been called a touchdown. However, I I just would have liked there... For the critics of Deontay, the people who are still holding on to uh, Deontay just can't seem to catch a ball for his life... If he would have caught that ball, then everyone's you know not saying that, and the 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 conversation around the game is entirely different. 
because then you don't have that Jalen Warren fumble. And then, Tom, too, and I think this is where people are kind of piling on to Deontay, Deontay more so is because that very next play with a Jalen Warren fumble, you saw the lack of effort by Deontay to kind of pick up the ball and, and be aware of what was happening. I I just think that if you if you catch the ball in its entirety, there's just so much less drama that's circulating this team, but that's what happens. I mean, a lot of people really feel the need to pile on to Deontay, especially it's it's really questionable after a win, nonetheless, too. Well, you can check out Yin's Chat's regular season challenge each week, answer Steelers trivia, and make game day picks for a chance to win signed helmets, jerseys, footballs, or even a trip to the 2024 NFL Draft. You log into the Steelers mobile app now and play for a chance at this week's prize, which is a signed football by the man himself, Pat Fryermuth, coming off of his big game, giving out a signed football. Tuesday's question, Bobby Lane or Ben Roethlisberger, who had most passing yards in a Steelers game against the Cardinals? Don't see the Cardinals very often if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, about once every four years, or... If you so happen to meet them in a Super Bowl, we'll definitely talk Super Bowl 43 memories later on in the week as we turn our attention towards the Cardinals. But next episode, I want to turn our attention towards the defensive side of the ball because they were great as they always are. Got a little bit of a rest for a change, though. So we'll talk about how that can pay off in the long run and also a statistical category that I think is the most important in football that they are elite at. Uh, We'll discuss that next on the Steelers Standard. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.